0: Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. Before we get rolling with today's episode, I wanted to take a minute and give a shout out to any new listeners. Welcome. As a listener, you have access to my free nine-part email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor. In this course, you'll explore different holistic strategies, how to develop your skills as a holistic counselor, and how to manifest your holistic practice through journaling. Go to www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com, scroll down, enter your name and email address today back to today's episode. On this podcast, I know I've brought to you many holistic therapists and different kinds of providers, but today I have a special guest who is a holistic psychiatrist. Dr. Fred Moss serves in many capacities, telepsychiatrist, speaker, psychiatry expert witness, telehealth educator, mental health coach, and filmmaker. A desire to help people has been the force leading him to various settings and roles as a psychiatrist over the years and compelling him to continually look for better, more effective ways to provide the highest quality of care. He is the amazing person behind Welcome to Humanity Podcasts and Global Madness Documentary Film Project. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Fred.
1: Ah, thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. It's really, really wonderful.
0: Can you share a little more of what's going on with you, what you've been up to lately? <laughs>
1: So a lot of things you listed, I'm like, oh yeah, I do that. I do that. You do I that. do that. I do that. Uh <laughs> it's and, funny to
0: hear it talk back to you, right? <laughs> yeah, right.
1: It's really interesting. And and some of the things I'm doing now are uh even on the on the heels or, or on the front edge of that, which is I'm really uh, enjoying the world of podcasting and enjoying the power that podcast it is. It's and and more than you know, more than simply being fun, because it is a load yeah. of fun, it also is maybe the last remaining vestige of a platform that is uh is not Presently, censorable or cancelable. Um, you can aim the you know aim your podcast at the exact target population that you're interested in. Uh, you know, having discover whatever it is you're talking about, and uh, there's something really uh, beautiful about being able to speak authentically and openly and honestly and truly inside of a platform such as podcasting, which maybe is it doesn't lend itself as being as available on some of the so- other social media outlets. So, so there, true. Yeah. So that's really, really critical because in these times, the biggest threat in the world that you know is not what we think it is. It's it's not it's not a virus. It's not um, you know global warming. It's not even sex trafficking or or racism. All those things are colossal challenges to humanity. As is obviously war. But the, the but what's happening is that the, the biggest threat to humanity is that we're giving up our voices and or else having that taken away from us. We're no longer speaking our true self for whatever reason and the reason I say that that is the biggest threat is because none of the other issues can even be addressed if we actually stop talking and stop saying what's important to us so podcasting for me is the uh, living Avenue to be able being able to speak one's true mind and being able to uh, deliver new ideas or to secure old ideas that are really important to take into the next um, you know into the next future and uh, I really enjoy enjoy both being a guest and a host. So again, thank you for having me as a guest.
0: So tell me about your podcast. Well, my
1: podcast is, uh, just went through a a facelift. I did a podcast called Welcome to Humanity. I did over a hundred episodes there. And then we altered that. We were going to name it Insanity. That's two words. And it was, uh, we did about 20 of those with a a co-host, my good friend, Sam Morris. And those are sitting somewhat dormant, but Then we switched again. And this time, you know, it's not a shocking name. It's called True Voice with Dr. Fred. What we're doing is really interviewing people who came to be who they are as a function of getting in touch with their authentic message. So I have an upcoming summit, which hopefully by the time this airs, people will have actually heard about. And that's the We the People Summit that'll be uh, starting in a couple of weeks and going for six weeks through uh, the end of April and May. This summit has assembled a... Mm, over 24 very high profile inspirational influencers and i'll be having a podcast level interview with many of them you know anywhere from five to ten to 20 to 45 minutes uh, perhaps even live on this at the summit stage which we, there'll be three summits over the next six weeks really talking about how they became influencers and how they I, what I expect here and what I already know will happen is that each of them will let me know that they became in touch with what really matters to them and then just started delivering that. With that, I expect the inspiration to be for each of our attendees to get that they too or we too can all be influencers, even if we don't have a million followers or a million dollars or we're not a household name, by just coming in touch with our true voice, which has been obscured over time. And we can really buff off the the mess that's on top of our true voice, the things that You know, we say because we think we should or we don't say because we're afraid or we, you know, act differently than who we really are in order to get uh, to the next place or something like this, like really buffing those off really coming in touch with our true self and then delivering that authentically to an audience as small as one. I mean, just one person hearing you authentically changes their world and you become an influencer, an instant influencer, one who changes the world, even of one person is no small thing. You know, Henry David Thoreau said, you know, uh, the massive men, Live lives of quiet desperation and go to their graves with their songs left still in them. And I, so many of us are headed in that direction. I just think it's the greatest shame to live an entire life and not have anybody actually know who you really were.
0: But I'm so glad you said that because I do feel like there is pressure. Like unless you have a million followers on Instagram, like your message doesn't matter. But it does matter.
1: It really does matter. And you know what? What we say matters. And we're each divine beings, and it, it's a. It's an honor to get in touch with your true voice. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily come easy, but the truth is it's right there with you. So some people think you have to go visit an ashram or move to Tibet or yeah, you know, live in a cave or live under a tree for God's sake. And, and you don't have to do any of that. All you really have to do is, is buff off the dust and the cobwebs, the things that you put over the top of yourself um, at various times and then just never went back to clean up. And once one gets in touch and resonates with their own true message, it really is an incredible feeling of, of, you know, no longer having to remember what you said before in order to keep up a lie or really just being able to say what's on your mind at any given moment and to say it safely, relatively safely, uh, because we're all afraid. We're all afraid. You know, we're afraid we're going to get hurt or just dismissed or uh, canceled or muffled or stifled or, you know, censored or
0: criticized. Yeah.
1: Or criticized all those things. And really what you're going to have that happen, even if you act like someone you're not. So if you're going to have it anyways, you might as well try to to be your true self. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I'm so glad you mentioned this though, because our listeners, a lot of them are in the whole I call it the holistic closet. So there's that stigma with holistic counseling that mm-hmm. that we can't do these other things like energy healing or using tarot in sessions. Mm-hmm. And and I think this part of part of the whole process too is just embracing that that you have some other gifts and some other beliefs that may not be the standard "quote unquote" psychotherapy, right? The-
1: right, right. Yeah. So if you look at you know even tarot's or if you look at uh, touch therapies or you know some of the other seemingly uh, alternative therapies alternative, th- yes. th- th- that mm-hmm. really aren't alternative at all. I mean, they're actually the ones that that work in in reality. And uh, you know we start really uh, looking at what works versus what is being sold as if it were so in the conventional model and i think most of your listeners will will certainly resonate with this the conventional model is one in which you know a diagnosis that there's something wrong with you is given by the mental health provider and from there some form of therapy is initiated that really confirms that there's something wrong with you and then in many cases if medications are started then you actually do have something wrong with you because the medicine alters the way that you are at your baseline and frequently actually perpetuates the symptoms it's marketed to treat. So you have a diagnosis and a treatment protocol that both can perpetuate and sometimes, God forbid, even cause the symptoms it's marketed to treat while it's being marketed as a product uh, to address whatever the original concern is and so we get a uh, self-perpetuating program and i you know frankly i wish i would have uh, designed a program. You know, this is a pretty good business model to design a product that, when taken, actually perpetuates the need to take it. I mean, you know, it's a it's a really important. Uh, you know, it, it could create a multi billion dollar, yeah, multi national corporate. Oh, wait a second that that is what happened here. So, um, they're you know ma- making billions of dollars, and there's no one evil. You know, this isn't about evil. It's just about that, that doesn't work, and some of these other so-called you know woo-woo or you know, alternative treatments actually do work and in the hands yeah. of of uh, skilled practitioners, there's massive transformational changes that can take place fairly instantly in many cases uh, to alter the you know, alter the course of life and uh, whether it's uh, you know, tarot or touch or any other form yoga. of treatment yoga yeah these are all very 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 effective interventions to just realign ourselves from the the toxicity and the and the misalignment that happens naturally walking through this three-dimensional world
0: and I think it's gradually getting more accepted especially yoga because the number one thing that people reach out to me is how do I teach clients yoga like what is the process of that and how do I get trainings and so I think that You know, if this would have been like 30 years ago, it would have been unheard of. Mm -hmm. So I think gradually we're moving in a holistic direction, but it's a little slow. And mindfulness is another thing I think that you've heard a lot more about and more and more therapists are using. So so I think just keeping that in mind, too, that even if some of these practices that are more out there that you don't hear of as much, it, it doesn't mean that it's unethical or, you know, something that you can't do.
1: Well, it's a really good point, but you know the conventional model has its clutches on us, and it does. The idea that you know when push comes to shove, if it's a deep emergency, we should all of a sudden go to a psychiatrist or go to a hospital or uh, go to an allopathic medical provider is that's where the the trouble really hits because we really think that in the more serious cases we should use the more you know, regular or or conventional means of treatment and unfortunately in the more serious cases you could make a case that that's the last place you want to go um you know or never you know, not even the last place. I don't mean to say like, maybe it's like throwing a toaster out of the 12 story building when everything else that you've tried hasn't fixed it. And hoping that when you get down to the ground to pick up that toaster, that it's going to be cured. When in reality, um, the allopathic system, more often than not, um, uh, just perpetuates the symptoms it's marketed to treat. Now, with that said, I want to make one disclaimer, which is for your listeners, I'm not, it's not like I'm lambasting the system. I'm really only speaking to those people who think that the treatment they're getting isn't isn't optimal, right? Like if what you're doing is inside allopathic medicine and you have a result that you just are swear, you know, you can swear on and you just feel like you have found your answer and it is really working and, you know, everything is all good and, you know, what you would ever hope for is being reached, then by all means, please continue doing that. There's no reason Absolutely. to switch. There's no reason to switch at all. It's not for everybody, but for those people who are pretty sure that they're not living a life at the highest level that might be made available, uh, looking at some of these so-called alternatives can be extremely fruitful, extremely useful, extremely timely, and extremely effective.
0: So what is your approach towards mental illness? How is it different from like other (laughs) psychiatrists?
1: Um, my approach is, you know, essentially that mental illness is simply a conversation, meaning that people come in and they want to know that there's something wrong with them, and uh, you know, we all, like all 7.8 billion of us, know that there's something wrong with us. I mean, every one of us knows that. I mean, it's like entirely normal to know that there's something wrong with you, and to really just need some confirmation of that because we compare our insides to everyone's outside, so we see, oh, I'm missing over here, or, I'm different over there, or, I'm wrong over there, or, I'm dis eased over there i'm de- you know i'm you know somehow defective or afflicted and so that is actually a normal symptom of being human to know that about ourselves but what i think what happens in mental health especially over the last 50 years. You know, I went into the field in 1980 after dropping out of college a couple of times. I went back because I hated the way psychiatry was dealing with the kids that I was working with. And I wanted to just bring to the heart of the matter that connection, you know, that conversation, communication, and ultimately connection are at the heart of all healing and all healing of all types of all conditions. Now, Uh, By the time I got through medical school, there was the introduction of Prozac in 1987, which altered entirely the whole course of mental health treatment and really created what we now know as biological psychiatry or another way of looking at it is chemical imbalances that explain whenever we feel uncomfortable with life. Now. This idea that when we feel uncomfortable with life, whether we're anxious or depressed or fearful or confused or aimless or, you know, up too late or not up too late or, you know, eating too much or not eating enough, that somehow all of this was a chemical imbalance is a paradigm shift that we're still living in, you know, still living with now. What I like to say is that each and every one of us really are whole and complete as we are and you know, really take away the power gradient of the doctor-patient relationship and get that communication is what people want more than anything. Really just straight communication, like being able to create a safe enough spot where one is speaking authentically and then listening, uh, radically listening to the other such that how they feel heard, that they feel that their message is being listened to. It's remarkable what happens when you take people who, thought they have a diagnosis and then remove the diagnosis, oftentimes then removing the medications because if you don't have a diagnosis, you don't. Really need medicines. And if you don't really need medicines, then you might not even need a doctor. And we start really listening to what is it that really is driving us forward. You know, we are all human beings with no clue about what's going on around the corner. Some of us pretend that we do, and it makes us look like we're competent. But the truth is, we're no longer, we're no more competent than the next soul next to us who has no idea what's coming around the corner. And we can share our humanity together, resonate with each other and really get that starting with the idea that there was nothing wrong with you in the first place, sort of like, you know, stop blaming the log for burning in a fire. When you get to that, then the essence of a human being gets to show up. Healing takes place at that resonating level, and uh, at the k- deep connection level. And from there, I'm sure you've had experiences in your life where people just get better and all of a sudden they start speaking yes. truths. They start speaking authentically. They start being a space for other people to speak their truth and their authenticity and life moves forward in that direction. So... I have prescribed over a hundred thousand medications uh, in my life. Over a hundred thousand. I've had over forty thousand patients, and just assuming that each of them had you know two and a half prescriptions apiece, that's at least what most of them had. So mm, it's not. I and each and every one kind of hurt my heart a little bit. Uh, it was like you know I I don't think these medicines are the best way to go, and uh, yet. People came to my door demanding that, you know, that if I didn't give it to them, they wouldn't talk to me anymore. And uh, you know, the the marketplace is now deluged with people who think that there's something wrong with them because they're uncomfortable. And then they line up around the block to get these medications that actually make something wrong with them often. And it's a uh it's a self-perpetuating system that is kind of unfortunate. And there is a way out of it. And the way out of it is to get to really re-look at this whole idea about whether or not one is mentally ill and maybe take responsibility for the parts of our life that we're not performing very well. You know, when we're jerks or when we forget something or when we are depressed or when we don't have, uh, you know, aren't in touch with our purpose and really just be warm with ourselves, with acceptance, forgiveness, compassion for ourselves and others. And my God, you know, from there, it's amazing what it's not even called therapy. I don't even really, you know, transformational coaching or restorative coaching is some of the terms or some people call me the undoctor by undiagnosing, unmedicating and then undoctrinating people. And really. It's just a matter of looking across the table at someone and getting their humanity and that they're no more or less sick than you are. And there's a a real deep healing that takes place at that instant.
0: I'm just thinking about the name of your podcast, Welcome to Humanity. So it is like just connecting on a human level with clients and not seeing them as separate from us, that we all have these things in common. And I love how you normalize that, though, that feeling like something is wrong, but that's normal. It is. (laughs) Everybody has that yeah, everybody feeling has that, off for and, sure. For yeah, sure. I think that that's so, that can be healing just for clients to hear that. I yeah.
1: Think. No. And, and look, people, I, I, it's the only field I know of in all of medicine and maybe anywhere where if you, if people come to your office and you tell them there's nothing wrong with you, they get furious. Right. There's <laughs> no, I can you imagine going to your like, you know, cancer doctor is, you know, and learning that you're okay. And then like arguing, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like, People really need to know that there's something wrong with them mentally. And that's what the whole thing is built on. It's like, oh, yeah, there really is something wrong with me. You should know. Here's the thing, when you start getting that diagnosis, someone tells you that you have a diagnosis and you agree with it, then you tell your friends and your family, now you have that particular diagnosis and now you start on a treatment and the treatment actually sometimes physiologically causes the symptoms it's marketed to treat while also giving you a sense of relief, at least in a very acute level. So it worsens the problem while it lessens the instantaneous notion of the problem, almost taking away your capacity to feel the truth it's a self-perpetuating problem you see and 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 now there is something wrong with you when you know there's something wrong with you you tell everybody there's something wrong with you and then you take a medicine or a treatment that actually perpetuates that there's something wrong with you then you relinquish that part of the responsibility for your life you know you either do so because you want to or because you you know or because they did it to you or whatever then you're no longer responsible like oh I'm sorry I yelled at you, that was my bipolar disorder. Or, oh, I'm sorry I didn't turn in the task, that was my ADHD. Or, oh, wait, I'm sorry I stayed at home all day, I have PTSD. You know, it's like, well, I hear you, I don't mean to disrespect those diagnoses at all. I really don't. and and, But uh, there's an opportunity to get that really you're not mentally ill at all. You're just human and we all are. And it's it's a struggle and it's miserable at times to be human, sometimes overwhelmingly miserable. Yeah, it's hard. Sometimes it's out there, right? Sometimes it gets deep and dark. And we don't like to admit that because we're afraid it'll be called mentally ill. But the truth is, you know each of us are living uh, our own sort of lives of quiet desperation. And being able to relate to another about that, man, it's 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 intense how beautiful the healing can be once you relate.
0: Yeah, because we all suffer. It just oh, makes yeah. me think of going back to Buddhism, right? We all have that some kind of suffering. For and, sure. But, co- but connecting with others, I think you're saying too, that communication piece and they want to be heard. I'm just thinking about a client I have now and and how severe she was initially. And you know, once we've gotten roll in here many months later, right? She's doing mm-hmm. so much better. Like just just us having this relationship and we laugh. It's just that connection piece
1: mm-hmm. that yeah. has
0: helped, I think, so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really does help. And uh, you know, there's nothing more than there's nothing people want more than to be heard. Uh people just want to be heard, you know, and so that yeah, they can be loved yeah. and respected. But people want to make a difference. And in order to make a difference you have to speak your true voice, which is this new, mo- you know, that's my, that's the new product I am is a true voice podcasting, true voice broadcasting. And, you know, my book, I know it's shocking. I have a shocking title for my book. Uh, it's called uh, find your true voice. And uh, you can find that book at find your true book.com. And, um, uh, you know, if you like, if you, if your listeners like, you know, since they're so cool, they can sign up for a free copy of that book and I will send Great. a free copy. Yeah. If, I'll even pay the shipping. And at least that's how it Is right now two or three months when this thing airs. Maybe that'll change, but I doubt it. Uh, (laughs) Right now, we still have free copies that we're giving away, and uh, so findyourtruevoicebook.com goes into what I'm speaking of a little more thoroughly. And you know, I'm I'm finally a healer. That's what's so cool, Chris. I was a doctor for so long. Uh, You know, I've been a doc. You know, I graduated medical school in 1988, and I was in mental health for eight years prior to that. So I've been in this field for for 42 years. And you know, at this point in time, I'm my work. Is finally healing people, and that's that. For clinicians out there who are sick of their patients continuing to be sick, being able to heal someone is a, is an incredible, incredible experience that I wish upon everybody.
0: Oh, absolutely! To be in that space and to witness that, and, and that's why I wonder because I saw you do coaching, which mm-hmm. I've never heard a psychiatrist doing coaching. So I'm like, tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, the coaching is is really what I've become, you know, because I, I nice. no longer mm-hmm. I. I, you know, basically what I'm listening for is, is really helping people as maybe the undoctor doctor, as I said earlier, but really helping people who are in some ways sick and tired of being sick and tired and really just want to reoptimize and get the power of their life back. And um, we do that through, you know, through listening. We do that through coaching. And, and I do coaching a little bit different than anyone does that I know of does therapy. You know, I make myself available 168 hours a week. And for those of you who don't know the math, that's every hour of the week. And um, it, we, you know, we I, I see the clients on Zoom. I've been doing this telehealth thing for a long time. Uh, as a locum tenens, I was a telehealth provider for ten years long before this thing became the golden standard. And I wrote some books about it. You know, I wrote some articles about. It, I should say, you know, um, the t- mass, you know, the telehealth. The, I really had this idea that telehealth and psychiatry or telehealth and mental health are a match made in heaven. It's so perfect to be able to. because We're not supposed to touch or, you know, smell or like that, those things that we get in person. We're not supposed to use that for our clinical assessments anyways. So this idea of being able to disinhibit, like really get, you know, when someone's in the comfort of their own home to really get access to people's true psyche I thought that I was doing like three months of work with each and every session. And so the idea of really coaching people through what is important to them, what really matters to them, you know, focusing and pursuing those things, getting in touch with your authentic message, delivering it effectively each and every day to people who you care about, and then seeing the outcomes and readjusting and realigning such that one walks away with an aligned self um, without the need for a diagnosis and without the need for any kind of you know formalized ongoing treatment or medication. Wow, for me, it's like pretty simple, and and that's got to be
0: uh, freeing. It too. really
1: is, and 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 people get better. And you know, the, again, it's not for everybody. You know, if you if what you're doing is working, more power to you. I couldn't say that you know more, louder, right? If this isn't like denying whatever it is you think you know about yourself, however. If you want to rid yourself of this overwhelming diagnosis that you have, that whether it's, you know, anything from a personality disorder to a mood disorder to a, you know, thought disorder to a anxiety or depressive disorder or some combination thereof, a spectral disorder from, you know, and whatever the new order of the month is, if you want to. To free yourself from that. It's actually possible to do that. And that's where the coaching comes in. And, you know, look, I don't prescribe anymore. I don't prescribe allopathic medications anymore at all. I just don't because I don't see that that's the pathway to healing.
0: But well, it sounds like that aligns with what your beliefs are, like you said, that you kind of promote too with the clients. And...
1: Yeah, I, I don't see that. I don't I don't see that putting some medicine made in a laboratory into our mouth is actually a way to, I, I could see where that could hurt you. I know a lot of things that if you put into your mouth, you're going to get worse. But the truth is you have this amazing vital force and resilience at the heart of your being. And opening yourself up to your foibles, your vulnerabilities, your you know, the areas of life where you're naive or ignorant or maybe even inadequate, and really getting that all those things are are part of being human, along with the beauties and the miracles and the ecstatic experiences that are out there and the miserable ones, the heinous ones, the relatively intolerable ones, the ones that trigger your core wounds. Can you get that all of us have those things? And can we just share with each other, like you know, from a place of wisdom? When when one resonates with another who's willing to hear that and not be threatened by it, that that's when that resonating healing experience sets in, and all of a sudden you're looking at a new person right there, right there in your pixelated, you know, pixelated uh, screen that you're now using as your as your home office. <laughs>
0: yeah the universality right of knowing you're not alone too is so powerful.
1: yes, it really is. It really is. Thanks for saying that,
0: yeah, I just love that too' because I, I do have clients I think that are so isolated that they feel like they're the only one and right you know, and if they if they're able to experience that, whether through a group or other option, you know that can be helpful. But I did want to just bring up one other point too. Since mental health therapists on here, we have lots of different ones, some that accept insurance and practices. Insurance requires a diagnosis that's too. A great so point. Mm-hmm. that's just, I know that a lot of people, listeners, are probably thinking that right now. Well, gee, that's great, but. <laughs>
1: No, you, your insurance does require a diagnosis, which is one of the shocking aspects. So, if you tell somebody, someone comes to your office,
0: yes, mm-hmm. and there's
1: nothing wrong with them, and you really get, oh, yeah, they're just normal, but they're fighting, you know, fighting the good fight, you still have to write a diagnosis, and that's the one to carry. I mean, if you want to get paid. Now, the truth if is, if you want, yeah. But you don't mm-hmm. have to get paid, I guess, or you could start to do some coaching. And if when you do coaching, you get paid, you know, you get paid to tell people that they're normal and to help them actually get normal and to, Alleviate the doctor-patient, you know, power gradient that actually n- makes healing sometimes insurmountable, and that's why you know therapies goes on for years and years and years. And some therapists, and I'm sure not the therapists who are listening here, but some therapists, all they're really doing is confirming you know, sort of confirming the patient's sense that there's something wrong with them. And although that feels good to the patient who really wants to know that there's something wrong with them, because when there's something wrong with them, it means that they're not responsible for the parts of their life that aren't going so well. You know, they can blame it on a, on a, yeah. on a diagnosis. I, again, with all due respect, I love humans and I love that we even do that. And the truth is, you know, the truth is, Chris, if you want to take responsibility for the bullshit I've already done today and, you know, you want to be my, like, if I can blame you for that, I'm going to do that. It's yours. You can have it. I I didn't do it. Chris did it. And it's like, (laughs) I, you know, we all want to give that up. It's a natural thing to not want to own the parts of our life that aren't working well. And yeah, the yeah. truth is we all get to own it if we're willing to do that together. And that's where the coaching, you know, the true voice coaching really comes in handy.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that, too. Before we end our conversation, I did want to ask about the, the Global Madness Documentary uh-huh. Film Project. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, the Global Madness Project initially back in the day, about four or five years ago, I had this thing all set up where I thought I was going to be like the next Anthony Bourdain of mental health. That's what, that's how it was being um, pushed for. And I was going to go around the world and really see that different parts like in Zambia or Rwanda or Australia or Norway or multiple different places around the world. The same symptomology is treated entirely differently. So the same set of behavior complex uh, uh, syndromes or behavior complex abnormal call them abnormalities or I don't I hate that word abnormality because none of us have ever even once like defined adequately the word normal. So without normal, I don't I don't know how we can confidently use the word abnormal. Um, but that, again, that's probably a podcast for a different day. And we start looking at how each and these, these different countries and different cultures treat the same condition entirely different. Some of them treat it as a gift. Some of them treat it as an illness. Some of them treat it as a just simply life. And it can be the exact same symptom complex. And the point of that was to wash away the idea that there's ever really anything like mental illness that is universal. It is simply a cultural phenomenon, and and the treatments that are put in place after the label is pressed on someone, whether they just became a shaman or they just became a schizophrenic, um, you know, sometimes the same two things are both those things, and uh, or you know, the same two things like that can be the same person in a different culture. I was hoping to do, you know, to interview all the all the so-called patients and the healers, you know, there's a place in Africa where if you get depressed they send you over there to the orange picnic table, a picnic bench. It's like a a, a park bench. And there there's a grandmother waiting for you. Generally it has to be a grandmother and that grandmother just listens to you and that's it. And when you walk away you're cured. That's just the I love point.
0: it. That sounds it, so fascinating, it, right? though, around the world, like the whole whole, totally different perception, way of treating, yeah. way of looking at it.
1: And frankly, more effective. When yeah. you think about it, this is not effective treatment that we have here. When people have to line up in the morning at 8 a.m. to make sure that they get those months med so that they can pound them into their mouth all month and then 30 days later, make sure they're in line again at 8 in the morning so they can spend their last 100 dollar into creating a medicine that leaves them shaky or leaves them depressed, but maybe not as much as they think they would be without them and all that. That is just a system that is perpetuating illness. We don't even treat mental illness as something that can cure. We don't treat some mental illness in this country as something that can heal. That's true. We yeah. treat it once you have it, we it is just a scarlet letter. And you we have it that the best we can hope for is to contain it or slow it down. What a bunch of nonsense that is. It's just ridiculous. It's really, really ridiculous. It stuff can heal and it does heal once someone feels heard and once someone is respected for that. And once someone finds their own authentic message and where they're misaligned so that they can get assistance and, you know, micromanaging a redirection and, uh, you know, reconfiguring that which is otherwise maybe in chaos. Like those, that's part of life. And there's nothing I've said here. That any of our listeners can't relate to personally, which when you start looking at that, being honest, go ahead and be honest, you start seeing we're all in the same game together. And there's something very valuable about just being just respecting that.
0: Right. Yeah. And of course, disclaimer, if you're taking medication, don't stop. He's not saying that. Not
1: at all. I'm not saying that. And, you know, I am saying if you're taking medication and you don't want to take medication, there might be alternatives down there, but it's not about just stopping against everybody's wishes. There might be ways to get through this. If you're doing something that is actually working for you. Keep it going. Absolutely, without question, and good for you for have whatever travels have left you to where you are now, where something is actually working. I'm serious; that is phenomenal, and you should keep doing it. This is for the people who, uh, you know, over and over and over again are finding themselves getting worse, uh, finding themselves not only responding poorly to medicine but to treatment, and maybe they're wondering whether they even have a diagnosis or the diagnosis that's been given to them is accurate. There is hope and faith for that without having to take years and years and years, uh, you know, hope and faith that that can be lifted. And I'd be glad to talk to your people about that. Um, yeah. If they have cases that they'd Great. like to run me or, you know, I do expert speaking as well. So I can speak to a whole group about really. Excellent. This is not about necessarily one-to-one long-term treatment anymore. That's, that's a not a requirement in order to heal.
0: So what's the best way for listeners to find you and learn more about you?
1: Well, my direct email is Dr. Fred at welcometohumanity.net. dot net. I am um, so that's Dr. Fred at welcometohumanity.net. dot net. I also am building a, a True Voice community, so that's True Dash Voice dot Circle dot So. Um, and by the time this airs, hopefully, that will be a very active space. And uh, you know, if you really are interested, we we by this time we will have been done with the um, We the People Summit that I'm hosting in April and May, where I have all these influencers, and we're really putting together what it means to find our authentic message and deliver it effectively into a world eagerly awaiting to receive it. And we're raising a million dollars for those people who have been disrupted in Ukraine and uh, you know devastated. And so uh, we should have that. That will be completed by the end of May. But if more than likely in the True Voice community and in the We the People Summit community, this will be an ongoing phenomenon. If that's interesting to you, then go ahead and plug into We the People Summit dot online. That's We the People Summit dot online, and then like I said before, my new book, Find Your True Voice, is uh, available for free. And that book is book dot com, and just uh, you know sign up, and I'll send you a copy and enjoy Appreciate what you that. read. There you go.
0: Yeah, and I'll have all those in the show notes on on the Holistic Counseling Podcast website as awesome. well. But I'll thank you for coming on the podcast, Dr. Friend.
1: My pleasure. It's been a really great honor and I appreciate the conversation. Thanks for letting me say what I know to be my authentic self. And yes. again, mm-hmm. it's not, I, I, when I say it a fourth or fifth time, i it sounds un, uh, maybe like I'm not being authentic, but the truth is this is not about saying it's all in your head or, you know, making for light of people's misery. Frankly, I would say this is actually pacing proper emphasis on misery. Let's look at misery for what it is and not write it off as if there's something wrong with you when you're miserable. Maybe there's nothing wrong with you, but you're miserable. That is entirely possible. This is a challenging world out there. There are, there, are these are difficult times. And even if there wasn't, you know, There's an opportunity to get that being miserable is a form of normal as
0: well. I thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And to my listeners, thanks for tuning in today. Are you ready to connect with other holistic therapists? Come join my holistic counseling and self-care group on Facebook where you can gain support and more resources on adding holistic practices personally and professionally. And don't forget to join us for another episode next Wednesday. This is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Holistic Counseling Podcast. Ready to engage with other holistic counselors? Head on over to my Facebook group, the Holistic Counseling and Self-Care Group, where you'll be able to connect with other holistic counselors just like you. You'll also gain invaluable resources on holistic practices daily and connect with others in a fun, drama-free environment. Remember to tune in next Wednesday for another episode.